And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me today is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? Good morning. Good morning. It's Wednesday. We've made it through uh halfway through training camp with the thunder they have an actual game Woo! this week yeah. friday the, night friday night who's your who's your projected starting lineup alex okay well horford just got there so just got there he probably needs some time he probably needs a minute he's ready to work though he's already but tweeted about it let him catch his breath he doesn't need to start <laughs> Uh, I'm going to guess the the three building blocks, Andrew, SGA, yeah. Dort, and Baisley. Dort's not here. Where is he? I don't know. All right. Well, the last that picture that he's posted on Instagram, he was in Canada. Oh, really? Yeah. Is he having trouble getting back? I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Dort. Okay. Well, take But he's out. not here because we haven't talked to him. I mean, that's the guy that you figured that we would talk to him. Yeah. So he's either one of the guys that has COVID-19 or there's something else going on. I've heard that there's other things going on with players as well, not just COVID. Huh. So, but okay. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so SGA, George Hill. There we go. Okay. George Hill. Um, you know what? Let's throw Muscala. Muscala Bay's front court. This is going really well so far. Uh, good afternoon from Greece. Wow. And I can't think of another person that could play on the wing. Okay, wait, let's just say, let's not talk about this preseason game. Let's talk, if everybody's here, everybody's healthy. Oh, Everybody's, uh, everybody's ready to go. Who's easy. your starting lineup? SGA, Dort, Bays, Horford, and James Harden. We're trading for James Harden. <laughs> <laughs> no, That's probably funny. George Hill. George Hill, yeah. Play that makes the, the most that makes the most basketball sense. It makes the most basketball sense. I just I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm proven wrong this week. But I just feel like Hami could be the guy. Oh, Hami, yeah. Somebody uh messaged us because I guess Dagnault was saying that Hami could be a starter. Yeah. Yeah. I I just I just feel like I just feel like that's where we're headed. I don't I mean he's definitely not a long-term starter, but I just feel like we're headed there. And a a point that I made on the Dream Team show yesterday is that if you start George Hill, who is coming off the bench and like setting the table for your bench players? There's yeah. no one. Alex is just shaking his head. That's that's like to me. That's another reason to to start. Ty Jerome, Ty Jerome. Yeah, I mean you 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 get somebody that hasn't played more than like thirty games in an NBA season before. 
I mean, it's it'd be it'd be. I mean, the the team is going to be rough anyways. But you just you just wonder if for guys like Ty Jerome and Poku that you'd rather have somebody out there that can help set the offense. And you know this as well as anybody. The the Sixers one of their biggest problems is that they had they never had a good point guard. Like just never when when they brought on Ish Smith, it changed everything for them. Like Ish he, Smith, he was an elixir. Changed everything for them, <laughs> and that's a problem. That's a huge problem. And so I just wonder if they don't want to go down that road, especially when they've got these versatile guys that 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 need like some kind of steady hand point guard out there. So I just wonder if if they're just going to give SGA. 35 minutes and then the rest to George Hill and then George Hill can play alongside him as well obviously um now this game is only on the app is that correct yeah it's the kind of stuff that the the preseason stuff they do it's on the Thunder app so download the Thunder app everybody watch the game I think you can watch it on the website too if you want to watch it on your computer so should be it should be interesting I don't know who's going to be available I don't know who's going to play I would guess Poku's going to play in this preseason game. Josh Loft says start Poku. That would be, I mean, that would be wonderful if they started Poku. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. It it should be at least an interesting time. Uh, Alex, there's been so much James Harden Rockets stuff going on. I feel like we, we haven't heard from you on all of this. I just, we need, we need to know your, your thoughts on, on this whole James Harden saga. Oh man, what a saga it has been. I really am starting, you know, as much as I dislike the Rockets and their fan base in general, some of them, I, I, <laughs> I this saga is pushing my limits of how much I can dislike uh, a group of people before I start just feeling bad for them. <laughs> they have been going through a lot. I can't imagine, because it's, it's very sad because you know that if we were in their in their shoes we would be doing the same thing like if this if this had happened with Kevin Durant we would have been like oh it's no big deal he's just well just let him just let Kevin do what he wants to do he'll be back it'll be all it'll be fine we would be doing the same thing and it's very sad from the outside uh, it is. looking in because everyone on the outside can can see that like even if he comes back like something <laughs> very very bad has happened to the fabric of this franchise and the future is not going to be good regardless. I mean, maybe you no. get a few months out of James Harden, best case scenario. But I think we can all see where this is headed. However, Andrew, I think that the Houston Rockets are uniquely positioned to be the first team to stand up to this new era of player empowerment and to reject James Harden's trade demands and say, no. They can, they're they're going to be the first franchise to put their foot in the sand, Andrew. And here's why. One, it's this weird COVID year. So, mm-hmm. like, if you're worried about chemistry and all that, who cares? Like, the fans aren't going to be there. They're, like, <laughs> this would be way more awkward if James Harden's back and he's, like, not wanting to play and fans are in the stadium saying, like, trade him or, like, we hate you, James. You know, they have signs or whatever. That would make it a lot worse. <laughs> Two, if James Harden doesn't play, Tillman saves money. So, like, from Tillman's perspective, like, 
oh, if he doesn't show up, like the season's screwed already. If he doesn't show up, I save I've saved a few bucks. Big deal. Mm-hmm. And the deals that are out there, which for what for all we know is just the Brooklyn Nets deal, that deal right. is going to be there in February. They're not gonna rush into some other deal for a lesser star instead of just waiting and seeing what happens with James Harden. That deal is gonna be there in February. So I just think hold on to him. Who cares? Like the season's lost. It's not like the Houston Rockets are going to be contenders this year. Mm-hmm. Best case scenario, James Harden comes back, everything clicks, and they're like, you know, fourth or fifth seed like they were last year. They probably got like a little worse this year. Or you maybe you could, maybe you're, maybe a Christian little? Wood breaks out. Oh, come on. Maybe oh, he breaks come on. out. What Andrew? is happening here? Maybe what is happening out. here? Yeah, <laughs> no, okay. but, uh, but I'm I'm saying that's that's the best case scenario for the Rockets is that they like are as good as they were last year. Like they they somehow maintain. That's the best this case is, scenario. This is but that's like serious delusion though, right? No, actually, I don't think it is delusion. James Harden has never missed the playoffs as the leader of a team. So yeah, like, he's also, why would? I don't know. I mean, that's 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 coming from that to me. That would come be coming from a Twitter account where they're like, "Yeah, Harden just wanted to go in his last little bender. It's not a big deal. Just needed one but more I'm, bender." But I'm just saying, like, would it shock you if James Harden just came back and was like, "Fine, whatever," and just played? And oh, it's James Harden, and he's a top five scorer in this league, and probably top three regular season player, and it just like goes as well as it went last year. I don't think that's crazy. It's not like they had an amazing season last year. Like they weren't Russ even a home a big, court Ru- Like Russ's last part of the season was like a big part of their season too, though. Yeah, and his first part of the season where he was awful was also a big part of the season. Like I it's just don't true. think they were – they're true. coming from this amazing place. It wasn't like when they had Chris Paul and they were at the top of the conference winning like 65 games. Like they were mm-hmm. already a mediocre team. Anyways, I'm just saying that that's the best case scenario. From from Tillman's perspective, if he comes back and he's sitting out and he's being a, a cancer to the team and a cancer in the locker room and being this this terrible person, like who cares? Who cares? Who on your roster are you like worried about them long term? Like this team's gonna blow yeah. up. So I just think they should stand up to him. <laughs> just don't trade him. He's got two <laughs> years left. Don't trade him. Stand up to him. <laughs> Why not? I mean, this is going to happen to Oklahoma City eventually. Do people not think this is going to happen? We're always going to get the perfect player who wants to stay in Oklahoma City. Eventually, we're going to have someone who wants out of Oklahoma City. Yeah, but, but I mean, Presley's already proven what he's going to do in these scenarios. He's not going to let it get to this point. And that's where, that's where like, the inexperience of this Rockets front office is is like is blowing up in their face because Daryl Morey jumped ship because he knew this was going to happen, right? And so he's gone. He's like, "Hey, Raphael Stone, good luck, my man." And he's just like excited. Let's go. Yeah, we're not trading James Harden, and and it just is all blowing up in his face. I mean, he doesn't know what to do. I mean, it's a it's a bad place to be. But if you're Sam, I mean, Sam's already proven what he would do. If that happens, he's done it. 
He's done it three times. What? Get so, nothing back for KD? I mean, the Durant, obviously the Durant thing blew up in his face, for sure. And I think he learned from that. But I'm saying, like, with, with Paul and with Russell and then with Chris, I mean, it was very much a partnership on all of those trades. And you can't argue with the results. The results have been very much in the Thunder's favor when they do that. So, I mean, as long as Sam Presti is the general manager with the team, then I, you can say, yes, we, we know how this will be handled. We know how this will happen. I mean, if, James, if he was the general manager of the Rockets, he would have been working with James Harden over the offseason to find him a different landing spot. I mean, that's what would have happened. And then maybe he does come in and he's like, hey, listen, like we're, we can't find you a place yet. Just come in and play. And then like when there is like some kind of like ownership between the two of them, like partnership in what's going to happen, then maybe, yes, you do get that best case scenario. Right now, I mean, they, they, they have the Kentucky Wildcats of yesteryear playing with James Harden. I mean, it's just a, it's it's a very very sad supporting cast now. Like it's 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 very sad. I mean, we're we're counting on a rejuvenated John Wall at this point. Yeah. I mean, oh, I mean, it's it's terrible, but I don't think you make it any better by accepting the Nets deal and like capitulating to Harden. That doesn't help you long term. Yeah. No. I mean, I'm shopping. I'm I'm going to lots of different teams. I mean, I would go to the, I would call the Warriors immediately and just say, hey. How do we, how are we going to get this Minnesota pick and James Wiseman? And you guys can go be an actual title contender for the next three or four years. You could actually do that, man. That, that uh, especially if they s- sign Steph to an extension, their payroll like next year, it's already out of control. But <laughs> it's, but I mean they've they've said they would do it, and if they win another title, then it's probably worth it. See, the reason I don't like that deal is because it cost a pick to get rid of Andrew Wiggins at a point. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like suddenly, I mean, he only played like a handful of games for the Warriors last year. It's not like everyone was like, oh, wow, totally new Andrew Wiggins. Like, it's still Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. Like, maybe he looks better in that Golden State system just because they're like a more professional organization. But regardless, he's not a positive asset. He's not even a neutral asset. He's a negative asset. And so even if he was not in the trade, like the Minnesota pick and James Wiseman, sure, that's pretty good. Because something I laid out on Twitter yesterday is that for all this talk about how OKC owns the Rockets' future, they actually own their 22 and 23 pick. Mm -hmm. So it it would be great for them if they got that deal. Minnesota's bad. And then they just tank the next two years. They can keep their pick. Seems like a very obvious path. I don't think they would do it, but... It seems mm-hmm. obvious, but if you ha- just have those two picks, well, Wiseman and the pick, and then you're throwing Wiggins into that, like, I need more now, because now I'm taking back your terrible contract that I don't want. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think the Rockets are going to get a great deal for James Harden. <laughs> but if that's the case, then don't trade him. We're, we just went through a summer where Drew Holiday got three first-round picks and two pick swaps. Yeah. If you They just- found a desperate team. The, the Bucks are desperate. The Bucks were absolutely desperate to get him. And there's not any desperate teams that would want a top five player? 
Like, I just don't think you can do it. You can't sell your fan base on a poo-poo platter coming back for your franchise guy. Like, you just can't do it. I know. I just... If I'm the Rockets, I don't, I don't, I mean, do you trust the ownership group of the Rockets and Raphael Stone to make a great deal? I mean, I just, I understand what you're saying. I, I do trust Tillman to be petty. Yeah. Which, which means, which could be so horrible. It could, for them. it could be, or it could just be him saying like, screw it. I'm just not trading the guy. If he doesn't want to play, he doesn't have to play. I don't have to pay him. Yeah, I mean that's I don't know that we'll get to that point, but I think that for sure he may say, "Hey, what let's figure out a way to win now. We got John Wall, we've got DeMarcus Cousins. Let's add pieces to this. Let's show them that we don't need him." You know, like that feels like a more likely conversation that's being had. And Raphael Stone is just crying. I don't know. I I don't think he's going to get traded before the season I wouldn't be surprised if he was oh I wouldn't be surprised but I just I don't think it makes any sense for them to trade him right now based on what we know if 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 that report the other day that Woj came out with it was like because uh, James Harden has already stepped back from the line he already came in and said okay well if the Brooklyn thing's not going to work I'd also be cool with Philly and then Woj said and some other contenders yeah, which means like trade me, like trade me now. Right, but that means that he's already backed off of his stance from like two weeks ago, which was like trade me the Nets. It's the only place I want to go. Yeah, because he, I mean, he has, he just has to. He has. If he to. wants, if he really wants to be traded, he has to. He has to, but like that's also why you wait. Like that's why you don't give in and do a stupid deal for, with the Nets. To me, I see it as get me gone as fast as you can. Like now. Yeah, the Nets would be great, but now I'm just like, all right, anywhere else, just get me gone. Like, I don't want to play here. I don't want to play with these guys. Right, but that's, I mean, that's great. If, as long as he's willing to accept more teams, because like someone, Hoopstock69, brought up Harden to the Hawks. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like we're talking about the uh, the Hawks, like making these upgrades and maybe being a pseudo playoff team. Like once you go actually get someone good like James Harden, I yeah. that, who knows if, how that backcourt would work. I don't think it would, but like that would be the type of move where I'd actually be like, oh, you guys actually got something that has significantly changed your franchise. They have to score 160 points a game to win, which they could. They're allowed to do. <laughs> how would that? Who's in that trade? Who's in that trade for the Rockets? All their all their young guys that they're about to not play. Just talk about all a poo poo platter. You want to talk about a poo-poo platter, Alex? Uh, no, that's a great tanking platter, Andrew. They could get that sweet tanking platter and it'd set them up beautifully and then trade away all their old guys. Hey, by the way, would you... Would you? They're t- not tanking. They're not... Let's just be clear. They're not going to tank. Why not? They should. I'm not saying that they they shouldn't. I'm saying they probably won't. No, but why won't, why won't they? I just... I think tanking starts with the ownership understanding what it is and saying it's okay. If they tank, it would be for maybe one or two years, and then he would say, screw this, get me out of this, go get me, trade for Serge Ibaka like Orlando did. It's such a, it's such a deal, though, for Tillman. Tanking saves you so much money. <laughs> it, it does, but eventually it doesn't. Unless you... 
if you can stick to it and build a contender, it's great for it's great for ownership. But if you're going to do what they probably will do is, okay, I understand the plan. Let's do it. Two years of it being completely miserable. And you say, we can't do this anymore. Go get me some players. Which I just don't think that Tillman Fertitta has like the vision or the stomach for it. All right. So um, you are looking at the Atlanta Hawks Who's in this roster. trade? James Harden. James Harden. To the Hawks. What a weird thing. Um can either of those so, guys be traded, uh, Gallo or Bondong, or do they have to like wait? They have to. You have to wait. Okay. Okay. Tony Snell. There's some money. Oh, do they? <laughs> do they even need money? How? How? I guess they did sign a bunch of new players, so they don't have unlimited yeah, yeah. space anymore. Yeah, they don't have cap space. Oh, that's actually really hard to do, then, isn't it? Without giving up Capella, you send Capella back to the Rockets. Hmm. But I mean, okay, you, so let's you, just say theoretically, like which young guys, like Cam Reddish, John Collins, Kevin Herter. Yeah, but you need the bigger priced ones. Like, you'd, like need. You know, Eventually, you can trade Gallinari and Bogdanovich. Yeah. Oh, poor Gallo. That'd be a sad trade. That would be sad. But eventually, you, you could do it. You would do that for James Harden. I, DeAndre Hunter in it, fine. I'm not trading a Kongwu if I'm the, the Hawks. I'm just not doing that. Yeah. I mean, I understand why it feels like there aren't a lot of suitors for James Harden. It makes sense. It's not like mm-hmm. his actions over the past two weeks is getting any team like super excited to trade their future for him. But it's just so hard to find that type of player in this league. And in a season that like outside of the Lakers feels pretty wide open, I just find it hard to believe that there's not a team out there that would just say, you know what, this is our shot, kind of like the Raptors did with Kawhi, and maybe the Raptors are an option, that would just yeah. say, hey, let's just get James Harden in here. We have a ton of faith in our organization. We know he can be an amazing player. We think we know how to build around him. We have a better coach. I don't know. I just – there has to be someone, Andrew. Well, let's walk through it. The Bucks. The Bucks. Just say, just say yes or no. I mean, honestly – that would have been a better option than Drew Holiday, but I don't feel like it it's, could be done now. Okay, Raptors. Yeah, I mean, the Raptors would be... Where are the Raptors going? Um, I mean, yeah, you could do it, but what do you do? Like, what's the trade? Uh, it, it would probably have to be a picks-heavy trade because I don't think it makes any sense to give up Pascal Siakam in a deal like that. Yeah. They've got control of all their picks. Yeah. How do you get there money-wise? Fred? Freed. Freed? I mean, man. Fred, Norm Powell, Chris Boucher, that probably gets you there. And then picks. Lowry and to... Harden would be a pretty fun backcourt. Yeah. Lowry, Harden, Siakam is actually pretty nice. I just don't know if that... Pretty nice. Like, that's not... If you're the Rockets, I mean, that's that's gross. Celtics. Uh, I, I mean... I think they would, but I don't think there's a deal that makes sense because they're not giving up any other young guys. And there's no point in trading for Kemba Walker. Yeah. Pacers. Ooh. How do you get there if you're the Pacers? Ooh, what if you can get out of the Oladipo deal? Uh-huh. You sell Tillman on that. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> you're getting an all-star back. Technically true. Technically true. Former all-star. <laughs> 
There's just nothing attractive on this roster. Oh, we could though. do the reverse Harden trade. We could send back Jeremy Lamb <laughs> in the deal. Could you sell Tillman on TJ Warren's bubble bubble game? Uh, the Heat is one that people talk about a lot as a, being a viable which, team. Which would require some some alterations to their picks just so that they could trade picks. Right. Seems like a long shot. It does. I, I don't know. What if... So what if uh, Giannis signs in like the next uh-huh. week and yeah. right off the bat, we know now that like the Mavs, Heat, all these teams that we're saving 21 cap space for Giannis specifically, all of a sudden that's up in smoke. I feel like that opens up the trade market a little bit, even if it only ends up being one of those teams. Yeah, probably so. And then any of these other East teams, we talked about the Hawks. Mm, I mean, I don't know if he would accept a Knicks going to the Knicks because it's definitely not like, it's definitely not a contender, but it is like a big market. Yeah. And he could be the star of New York be fun yeah that is you know talk about a poo-poo platter man well yeah they'd have to send back like their young guys it'd have to be like ob Toppin, which already feels too old for this houston rockets tank if it's they too ever old, did it. too old to tank <laughs> too old to tank boring, about boring too, good to tank. too old to tank he hasn't even played a game he's too old to tank <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's almost three years older than rj barrett who was drafted in the year before him Wow. Yeah, I, it would have to be R.J. Barrett and like a picks thing, which old that's Knicks just, I feel like would do it. I don't know about new Knicks. Everyone thinks new Knicks are very smart. That's just straight up gross. That's what you get for James Harden is R.J. Barrett. And picks. And picks. And, yeah, that's just. I'm just trying to create more uh, more leverage. G- give them some more options. Here's Here's why I'm rooting for some kind of Warriors deal, which I don't, by the way, don't think there's really any chance of it happening but if the rockets did that deal one it makes the warriors good enough so the thunder keep their pick correct and then it makes the rockets bad enough to where the thunder may get another top 10 pick it does the ultimate thunder trade does help out maybe maybe we could facilitate it maybe we could send them that two million that we got in the al horford deal just hey you guys can split this if you get this done you can each have a million dollars yes We'll, we'll gladly facilitate this because it it, it it ensures like one additional first round pick plus a much worse Rockets pick. Who's Alan Smolagic? Smolagic. <laughs> I don't know. Who is Juan, you know, Juan Toscana t- Anderson? I've never. Who's Michael Mulder? <laughs> Who are these people? These must be Exhibit Ten guys. Oh, okay. I mean, they have. Who Axel Tupain? That's a cool name. That is a cool name. Yeah. Because like right now, as constructed, the Warriors without Clay is is kind of a kind of a rough group. You have Steph, Draymond, Ubre. Then you have Wiggins. Ooh, Andrew, what about this? What about this idea? What about this idea? Uh-huh. James Wiseman. Mm-hmm. The Warriors pick. Mm-hmm. And Clay Thompson. Yeah, I've ki- I've kicked around that idea as well. Would you do that? Arguably a worse contract than Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. But it's longer, it's bigger. You can sell Tillman. You're getting Clay, you can you're sell. Getting Clay Thompson. You get Clay. Oh, get, we're giving you Clay Thompson. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know why we're doing this. 
We shouldn't be giving away clay. <laughs> oh, and you can probably to like sweeten the deal for the like to convince the Warriors like hey you should do this like you can find a way to give them PJ Tucker too. Yeah, because right? it wouldn't matter at that point. Nothing matters. Nothing matters. Yeah, I like. I actually, I like that idea because it gives. And the Warriors are probably more thinking like, let's. I'd rather keep Wiseman, and that pick, and then have like a bridge to the future, type of thing. Right. But if you want to go win a title in Chase Center in the next three years, if you bring on PJ Tucker, who, like he and Draymond, like that's like the toughest, smallest front court ever, right? Yeah. Uh. I don't know. I mean, that's that to me is is a pretty it's a pretty interesting deal now the other, for both sides. The other team that you didn't bring up that I saw a couple of people mention would be the Pelicans. Yeah, I I hear that. Which you could definitely construct a deal because they have a, yeah. a ton of different contracts. They have young players. They have obviously like a, a thunder level of picks. Mm-hmm. And the, yeah. the Pelicans could potentially be a very good team with mm-hmm. James Harden on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could. I just won. I don't know if, if I'm the Pelicans, if I want Zion learning from James Harden, number one, just like off the court theatrics type of stuff. And then two, he's like, what is he, 10 years older, 11 years older than Zion Williamson? I mean, it'd fit right in with how they've traditionally built around their superstars. They always seem to uh, to rush it and add a bunch of old guys. Yeah. Andrew, you are frozen. Yeah, man. I just... I. It just feels like then we're heading Zion to the Lakers 2027. I don't like that. I mean, I that's like what that. everyone's saying, anyways. <laughs> I know, it's the it's life of the. Uh, it's the life of the small market. It is. This is what happens? Sad. You have to win a championship on on the rookie deals. Well, at least on their second deal. Yeah, Zion within like the, the first deal. seven or eight years. Yeah, you got seven or eight years. But this, like, I, I mean, James has got two years left. It's. You basically have to win it in the next two years. Yeah. They got a great coach. Got a great coach. They do. You think James Harden would like playing for Stan Van Gundy? Did you hear J.J. Reddick's quote from training (laughs) camp? Yeah. (laughs) Doesn't sound like it's a James Harden type of coach. (laughs) Oh, it's definitely not. I mean, that that would be 180 from what he had in Houston. Yeah, where Mike D'Antoni in interviews says... Well, James knows the game better than I do. <laughs> it's like, oh gosh, no. Oh, it's so good. Uh, okay, let's take a quick break, and then we are going to go into our Western Conference over-unders. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And we're back from that break. We're back. Time to go over Western Conference over-unders. Western Conference over-unders. We've made it to the Western Conference. And today we're going to go over the teams that didn't make the playoffs last year in the West, which would be seven of them. More teams make the playoffs than don't make the playoffs. This year, <laughs> with the play-in tournament, uh, it's going to be, what, there will be five teams mm-hmm. that are not involved in some way. Stupid league. Um, okay, so, oh, one thing I was thinking about before we get started, the impact of the play-in tournament on tanking. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Because it's going to be harder and harder for teams, or I, I would, I should say, it's going to be easier and easier for teams to tell themselves, "Hey, we're only a few games out of this playing yeah. tournament. We really believe in our team." Like a team like the Timberwolves, for instance. Yeah. Let, let's say they have like a, a, a D'Lo injury earlier in the season, and they're like treading water with Rubio, but they're they're waiting for D'Lo to get back, and they're questioning, like, should we just tank for this? Or actually, it wouldn't make sense for them, anyways. But it, another team because they don't have their pick. Um, <laughs> but another team like if you can if you're within a few games of that tenth spot and you can get into the playing tournament and you believe in your team going into the season, I just feel like it's a it's actually a good way to ward off tanking by the yeah. by the league. No, I, I I agree, and it's also nice to have if you are trying to tank and nice to have a guy like George Hill who makes a reasonable salary. Yeah. That you can deal yeah. close to the deadline and probably maybe even get a first round pick from somebody that's like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get in the ninth spot and we 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 believe that George Hill can can get us into the actual playoffs. So, um, I think we're gonna have a ton of differences in opinion this week. I'm just letting you know early. Okay. So we're gonna start with the Golden State Warriors, the worst team in the league, the dregs of the league. Yeah, they were disgusting. They only won 15 games last year, equivalent to winning 19 games. Terrible. That's mm-hmm. process Sixers level. This year, they're over under 
38.5, which is equivalent to 44 wins. So they're expected to win 35 more games. No, 25 mm-hmm. more games. Their key losses, Kai Bowman. And I added Clay Thompson in there because he's gone. And key additions, James Wiseman, Kelly Oubre, Brad Wanamaker, Kent Bazemore, and Nico Mannion. Nico. Andrew, none, one, or both. Who of these Warriors will be a 20-point scorer this year? Kelly Oubre, mm-hmm. Andrew Wiggins. I think Wiggins will. Oh, now he – both of them scored just under 20 points last year. Well, like Wiggins uh-huh. was 19 points and Kelly Oubre was 18 points. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to need them, though, because there's not a lot of scoring on this Warriors yeah, team. Definitely. Definitely. And uh, I have decided that I am going to go under – on the Warriors, and it, it pains me to do it, Andrew, uh-huh. because I really genuinely do like Steph, and for a long mm-hmm. time, I feel like Steph has been underrated, mm-hmm. and so I'm, I'm torn, because this is the ultimate season for Steph to prove, like, hey, I'm a top five player in this league, watch, yeah. watch me take this eh, roster to, like, the fifth seed or whatever, but I just look at the rest of this, this roster, and I just, eh, it's... It's better than last year. Last year was really terrible, even when healthy. (laughs) It is is better than last year. Even when healthy last year was disgusting. So it's better than that, but also that was 19 wins. And if you remember early in the season, like they were terrible, even when Steph was healthy. They were getting blown out at the beginning of the season. I don't think that's going to happen this year, but also asking them to win 44 games, which is – above a a 50 or i mean a above 500 team it's so mm-hmm. hard to figure this out but it's 72 games i know um yeah i'm taking the under i just don't have a lot of faith in this team uh i'm gonna take the over uh i i think they can get there i i also think a piece of the puzzle with them at the start of last season is they had so many runs to the finals and how many years in a row was it that they went to the NBA Finals? Was it five? Five-ish. I mean, that is the mileage that you put on, like the extra mileage that you put on year after year after year, the exhaustion of the last Kevin Durant season, the just... I don't... I think that that is a part of that puzzle where they just started so poorly. Also, D'Angelo Russell was uh, clearly not a great fit with that team. So I think... You have similar to like LeBron, who like sat out, felt like he sat out a year before he came back and won the title. I feel like it's similar for Draymond Green and Steph Curry, who have had a ton of time off, who have gotten a chance to kind of get rejuvenated, come back. It before the Ubre deal, I would have been, I would have definitely <laughs> been under. Um, Listen to you. Just, Listen to you, the big Ubre guy. Oh, U- I don't like Kelly Ubre, but it sounds like the, it. He is a a nice NBA player that is better than what they had before. And they just got to just add him to the roster. They didn't have to give away anything. They just got to add him to the roster. I think that's helpful. Just to have competent NBA players taking up minutes is a is a thing. Uh, and so I don't know. I th- I think that they're I think they're going to be a rejuvenated team. I think they're going to have some energy about them. I'm not saying this is like a 55 win team. I don't think they're going to be a great team, but I think they could win 47, 48 games. Um, 
Well, that would not be good for you because a 44-win <coughs> pace in a 72-game season is 51 wins. Yeah. They have to be a 51-win team. Did you listen to the low post with uh, Kevin Pelton? I did. He projected the Warriors to be the second-worst team in the Western Conference. Isn't that crazy? I know. Yeah, I I don't know what to think about that. <clears throat> it's very interesting. Um, it is. Uh, his computer spits out some wonky things every once in a while, though. Oh, hating on Pelton's computer. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. I've heard good things about that computer. Okay, <laughs> moving on. So we, we differ. I went under. You went over. Yes. Um. Next is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Last year, they won 19 games, equivalent to winning 24 games. This year, their over-under is 29 and a half, which is equivalent mm-hmm. to winning 34 games. Their key losses, James Johnson. That's it. Key additions, Ricky Rubio, Ed Davis, Anthony Edwards, Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Andrew, Deborah Buckets trivia question for you. Mm. Of the top 15 in minutes played last year for the Timberwolves, how many mm-hmm. of those guys are currently on the Wolves roster? How many of them of the top 15? Yeah, are still on the team. Uh, four? That is correct. Josh Okoge, <gasps> Jarrett Culver, Carl Anthony Towns, and Malik Beasley. Wow. My point in saying that is that they were terrible last year. They were really mm-hmm. bad. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people in their head just think that they were bad and also healthy. But, like, Mm -hmm. Carl Anthony Towns missed half the season. Their best player, a guy who everyone agrees is, like, top 20 in the league, missed half the Mm -hmm. season. All those guys they brought in, Malik Beasley, Juancho Hernan Gomez, D'Angelo Russell, none of those guys played more than 15 games for them. They were an awful team. But none of those guys that are going to be on their roster this year really contributed that much. I mean, their top two in minutes played were Josh Okogie and Jarrett Culver, a rookie and a Mm -hmm. second-year player. They were a young, bad team last year. And I do think they're going to get a boost beyond just what, you know, natural season continuity, like players coming back, because they're an entirely yeah. different team. And what I liked about what they did this summer, even though I didn't love it in terms of like actually building for contention, is that they did mm-hmm. bring in some NBA rotation players Ricky Rubio, mm-hmm. Ed Davis, Rondé Hollis, Jefferson. That's three more NBA rotation players than, frankly, they had at most points of the season last year. I did. Yeah. I do not like the Anthony Edwards pick. I still do not like Anthony Edwards. He scares me. He seems like. Who'd you take? Who'd you take that wouldn't scare you? Uh, none of them. None of them. They all yeah. would have scared me in this scenario. <laughs> I know. I agree. okay. I agree. Like there wouldn't have. Been, I mean, I yeah. N- none of them. There's yeah. not a player in that draft who I would have said. For a team that's trying to make the playoffs, you go grab this guy. It's the worst year to have the number one pick. Because it's either Wiseman, who doesn't really fit what they want to do with Carl Anthony Towns, or it's these two right. players who I think could have, like, both of them have some of the most inefficient rookie seasons that we've seen. Yeah, Between Anthony possible. Edwards and LaMelo. But all that is to say that I'm actually going to go over on the Timberwolves. Okay. I like I'm it. believing in the wolves a little bit, a tiny bit, <laughs> a tiny bit. <laughs> believing in the wolves a little bit. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm Whoa! With you. I think Ru- I think Rubio helps a lot. I mean, we talked. I talked about the Thunder like needing a table setter for their second unit. Just having a pro point guard that you can throw out there to trust to get touches to the right players. He's going to make the right plays. He's a really Ricky Rubio is a really good defender. 
And to have a good defender at the point of attack, I think is very helpful for a guy like Towns who, you know, I think that he, I think he helps. I mean, he helped the Suns a lot last year improve to where they were. He was a very helpful player to the Utah Jazz. I think that he's a guy that just comes in and he just raises the level of your team. Now he's not like a, he doesn't raise it enough to where he's like this great player, but I think that he's just a really good guy to have in the locker room. He's got a sunshiny face, mm. and I think he's going to help them on the court. Uh, Ed Davis, like perpetually overrated. Ed Davis is a f- is fine, you know. It's like whatever. Um, but yeah, I I think that Towns has something to prove this year, definitely. Because right now people are he's kind of the forgotten star of the NBA. Oh yeah, totally. Pe- people don't realize how good he is, and I think that he's got something to prove. And same for D'Angelo Russell. I think they both have something to prove and so i would yeah i would say the over i think and also if you're somebody that doesn't like the warriors and doesn't like the light year stuff like us you hope that like us you hope that the wolves get them like the 14th pick in the draft yes <laughs> instead and, and, of like and, the fifth and did that factor into my decision to go over maybe Absolutely. This is what I'm rooting for. <laughs> this may not even be what I believe, but it's definitely what I'm rooting for. But I, I think they could... Oh, listen, I don't really think they're going to make the playoffs, but I definitely think they could get to the 10th spot. Like, yeah. I think that's a realistic goal for them this season. They've got talent. They've got talent. They also could be terrible. Okay, next team. Yeah, they could. <laughs> yeah, they could be. They could be with the Thunder. That's very possible. New Orleans Pelicans. Now this is a fun one, Andrew. Yeah. This Record is last year, fun. they won thirty games, equivalent to win thirty-four games. This year, their over/under is thirty-five and a half, equivalent to winning forty-one games. So they're projected basically to be a five-hundred team. Key losses: mm-hmm. Drew Holiday, Derek Favors, Jaleel Okafor, Etwan Moore. Key additions: Stephen Adams, Eric Bledsoe, Kira Lewis Jr. Deborah Bucket's mm-hmm. trivia question, real quick for you: How many games did the Pelicans win in Zion's twenty-four games? He played twenty-four games. How many? Fourteen. They won eleven. They were eleven and thirteen. Oh, that's that's just to kind of set the stage. But I but I, then I also have a game for you. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is called Fun with Per Thirty Six. We are going to be comparing Drew Holiday and Eric Bledsoe. Okay. Because okay. Eric Bledsoe was on a team with the Bucks where he played like 27 minutes a night. Whereas uh-huh. like Drew was playing a lot more minutes. So I think it's more fair to compare per 36. I'm going to give you a stat category. You're going to tell me whether Drew or Bledsoe was hot ranked higher. Very simple. <laughs> okay. who, who had more? Okay. Who was better? Points per game. I feel like this is Bledsoe. Is it Bledsoe? Bledsoe. Three point what? Three point percentage. It's not Bledsoe, is it? It is not. It is Drew Holiday. Drew, okay. Rebounds per game. Drew. Bledsoe. Assists per game. Oh my gosh. Drew. Bledsoe. Oh god. Free throws per game. Drew. Bledsoe. Free throw percentage. Bledsoe. Bledsoe. P E R. Bledsoe. Bledsoe. My point is, <laughs> is losing Drew Holiday really that big of a deal? For, at, least, wow. at least for the regular season. Wow. Because everyone has, and, and rightfully so, has kind of poo-pooed Eric Bledsoe over these last couple of years, but it's all been because of his play in the playoffs. 
everyone agrees that like Eric Bledsoe is still like a very functional NBA player. And as we've just seen with per 36, like he's still putting up equivalent numbers of what Drew Holiday was doing. Uh huh. So I just don't think the drop off from Drew Holiday to Eric Bledsoe in the regular season for the Pelicans is going to be that significant. It's not like Drew wow. was some table setter, like a uh, uh, f- floor manager, like point god, like a CP3. That's not his game either. It's not Drew. It's not Eric Bledsoe. I almost call him Drew Bledsoe. It's not Eric Bledsoe's game either. So, uh, Andrew, I'm going over. I'm wow. putting my chips in the Pelicans basket because I do think getting Steven Adams is an upgrade from what they had last year, which would have been some combination yeah. of Derek Favors and the the rookie that they have, which they still have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was his name? Jackson, Jackson Hayes. Hayes. Jackson Hayes. Yeah. I really like Stan Van Gundy. And I think based on mm-hmm. what we saw in the bubble from Alvin Gentry, <laughs> Stan Van Gundy is a significant coaching upgrade. For, for mm-hmm. everything that went wrong in – uh, Detroit, I think you can chalk up some of that to the fact that he had taken over that like Tom Thibodeau in Minnesota role where he was everything in that organization. But -hmm. if you go back to when he was in Orlando, he was consensus top five coach in the league. And I think he kind of like dug his own hole by taking that president position with Detroit because it kind of like it, it significantly reduced the way people talked about him around the league. But I think now he's going back. He's got a good GM. He's got a good organization around him. I think he's mm-hmm. going to go back to being a really good coach. The The problem I see with their team is that they do not have a lot of shooting. Like, at all. They right. got J.J. Redick. They got Brandon Ingram. Mm-hmm. And at, after that point, you're going to Lonzo. Which, let, let's yeah. hope it keeps up. But, you know, that's that's asking a lot of Lonzo Ball. It is. Yeah. But I still really like their lineup, and I just don't think the loss of Drew Holiday is going to be that significant. You are such a hater. <laughs> yeah, when a guy goes for three unprotected first and two swaps. You are such and I can, a hater. I can make a relatively convincing case that in the regular season, there's not that huge of a difference between Eric Bledsoe and Drew Holiday. Yeah, I would also say like, Eric Bledsoe played with Giannis last year. And Drew Holiday played with the team that he played with. Oh, oh, you remember when Drew Holiday played with like one of the best players in the league, Anthony Davis, and they never did anything except for that one playoff series against the Blazers? I I'm not saying that Drew Holiday is like some superstar, but I think he's a lot better than Eric Blood, so I don't I, I don't think he's significantly better. I think that was one of the worst I trades do. ever now that I think more about it. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> Wow. I think it's one of the worst trades ever wow. in the history of the league. Time will tell. Time will tell. <laughs> <laughs> we will find out. Oh, you have the over. Yeah, go under. On 35 and a half. Yeah, which is equivalent to them being a 500 team. Yeah. It's tough. It's not a not a great number. I don't feel good. I wish it was like equivalent to them winning like 38 games. Sure. I I like absolutely hate the fit of Zion, Stephen Adams, Eric Bledsoe. I think that is bully ball, like, actively bad. <laughs> build an effing wall. <laughs> you can build a wall, but can you score points? I mean, that's gonna be that is rough. That's very rough. 
Like Brandon Ingram's gonna have to replicate what he did. He's got his max deal. Like what like what do we expect from him this year? I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a huge fan. Like Kira Lewis is fine. Like he's he's really fast. He's really fast. He's blazing fast. Oh, really? I didn't but I don't know that. He, I don't know what he does on the on the court for them this year. Um I think Drew Holiday's a I think it's a huge downgrade from Bledsoe to Holiday, and then I just don't like the fit of Adams next to next to Zion. So I'll go slightly under. Slightly under. Oh, somebody said AD and Holiday didn't have much of a team around them either. I get it, but like the way the the way those guys or the the picks that those guys are getting back for them suggests that the Pelicans were breaking up like one of the greatest teams of all time. <laughs> they were it was a yeah. they had like it was not a great it, it was it was not a good era of, it was not a good era in new orleans no it, i agree i agree i agree with that it wasn't it wasn't the best it, it, the team was very 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 poorly managed though as well okay moving on talking about poorly managed the sacramento kings mm. they won 31 games last year equivalent to winning 35 games this year, their over-under is 28-and-a-half. It actually went down, so they're projected to win 33 games, the equivalent of 33 mm-hmm. games. Their key losses, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Kent Bazemore, Alex Lynn, Harry Giles, key additions, Tyrese Halliburton, Frank Kaminsky, Hassan Whiteside, Glenn Robinson the third. Deborah Buckets trivia question, Andrew, how many players in NBA history have ever hit more threes in a season than Buddy Heald? One. Uh, that is incorrect. <laughs> it's actually three. Can you name who they are? Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, James Harden. You got two of the three, Steph Curry and James Harden. Clay Thompson has never hit more threes in a season than Buddy Heald. Wow. Isn't that crazy? The th- that is The crazy. third guy? Bradley Beal? Way off P. Way off P. Baby, pretty cool, huh? Wow. Oh man. Cool. Uh, so the Kings. Okay. So the Kings are the perfect example of a team that if they get into the season and it's not looking right, they probably should tank. Yeah. But because of the play-in tournament, they're going to be able to sell themselves up until March that they can oh, get yeah. up to that tenth spot. Which is oh yeah. Which is why I'm taking the over for the Kings. They're like the perfect hmm. example of that kind of team. Yeah. Yeah. I. I actually agree. I think that you get a, a happy buddy healed. I think that Darren Fox is very good. Uh, I like the fit of Tyrese Albert, and I think he contributes this year. Don't know why you have to do the most Kings thing in the whole world and sign Hassan Whiteside, but he's at least competent at times. If he's your, is he starting? Is he the starting center for that? I think it's going to be Rashawn Holmes. I hope it is. I think I hope it is. If it is, that's I think that's good for them. Um, yeah, I I would go slightly over as well. I think they're gonna they're they're definitely gonna take themselves out of one of the best drafts. Oh, for time. sure. I mean, it's their history. If you go back and look at the last decade of where the Kings ended up in the draft, mm-hmm. I think they moved up once, which was the Marvin Bagley draft. But otherwise, they've always consistently been like in the five to eight range. Um, like Ty- Tyreek Evans, that was that was the fifth pick. 
So many of their picks, though, have been like DeMarcus Cousins was the fifth pick. It's very rare for them to like truly tank and get into one of those best spots. Because mm-hmm. they're they're when we talk about tanking versus just being bad, the Kings are like the best example of like even worse than just being bad. It's like just being mediocre enough. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think I was I, looking back; they've never lost. At least, at least in the last decade, like since they've been, <laughs> I was going to say since they've been tanking, but since they've been terrible, they've actually never lost less than 29 games. It's something like that, or it's only happened once, which, which yeah, is another reason I why I it. feel more, more, why I feel better about them. Okay, let's move on to the Spurs, though, because mm. the Spurs are a really interesting one. I mean, not really. For, for all the jokes we made about the Spurs being boring back in like, back in like the early 2000s. Like, they're proving it now. They're like, you thought that was boring. Check this out. Their (laughs) record this year, last year, was 32 wins, equivalent to winning 37 games. Their over-under is 29 and a half, so they're actually projected to win three less games than last year. About 34 wins in 82-game season. Their key losses, Bryn Forbes, Marco Bellinelli, key additions, Devin Vassell. Andrew, my crystal ball for you, which gets into something Uh that uh, Mikey Barra has been bringing up in our group chat. Who will be the Spurs' leading scorer after the trade deadline? DeMar DeRozan. Okay. Which means that you do not believe that they're going to be trading DeMar DeRozan on his expiring. Mm-mm. And possibly not even not LaMarcus Aldridge either. Because this is what yeah. Mikey Barra in the Down to Dunk group chat has been very scared of the Spurs as a stealth tank candidate. He's mm-hmm. worried that they could easily get off of DeRozan. They could trade away Aldridge. And all of a sudden, you look at that team and it's super young and would be potentially super bad. I agree that if that happened, they would be significantly worse. But I just, we have seen no indication from the Spurs in this post Kawhi era that they are mm-hmm. willing to truly bottom out. Yeah, without a doubt. The only time that they've bottomed out is when their superstar got hurt. Yeah. 20-something years ago. And and the fact so. that they made the trade that they did for Kawhi, that they traded him for someone like DeMar DeRozan and Jakob yeah. Like, I just don't think they have it in them. Yeah, I don't think they do either. Man, have has there been anything more boring than the Jakob Pertle contract extension? I mean, that's just... That's like the most boring thing to ever happen in the history of the NBA, maybe. It's it's amazing because I feel like there are maybe three young guys on the Raptors that I'd probably prefer at this point over Jakob Pertl, especially in terms of like With, wanting to give them money. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. That, tra- that trade, I said the Drew Holiday trade was the worst trade ever. I'm, that, that Spurs one is up there. That's bad. Been- I mean, can you imagine if I mean if that's what the kind of deal that the Rockets get for James Harden? Oh, they could do the deal. They could, they could trade him to the Spurs. Trade him yeah. for DeMar DeRozan. DeRozan Pirtle? Yeah. Let's do it. I'm sure I'm sure the Spurs would actually love to do that deal. Oh, probably. Oh, that that would be a scary team. That would be um, very okay, scary. Okay, so all that said, <laughs> The Spurs so factor in this 
the Spurs factor into the play-in tournament thing as well, because even if they're bad, they're going to be close to the 10th spot, so they're going to be incentivized to keep winning, which is why I think I'm going to go over with them. Andrew has frozen. He's coming back. He's coming back. back. I think I'm back. You're back. Okay. All right, are you going over under with the Spurs? Oh, definitely over. Definitely over. Okay. Do you have time to do two more? Let's do it. Okay. Next, the Phoenix Suns. Record last year, 34 and 39, equivalent to winning 38 games. This year, they're projected to win the equivalent of 44 games, 38.5. Their key losses, Aaron Baines and Ricky Rubio uh, and Kelly Oubre. Sorry, I'm doing these off the top of my head because I only wrote down Aaron Baines. And as I was saying it, I was realizing there are a lot of other guys. Ty Jerome. Ty Jerome. Uh, key additions, Chris Paul. Jalen LeCue. Oh, that's true. Jalen LeCue. Uh, key additions, Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, Etwan Moore, Langston Galloway, Abdul Nader, and Jalen Smith, their rookie. Deborah mm-hmm. Bucket's trivia question for you, Andrew. There are five major counting stat categories, points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. Which category did the Suns rank number one in last year? Number one in the league. One of those five. Rebounds? Incorrect. <laughs> it was assists. Assists? They had more assists per game than any other team in the league. Wow. Which I, I just wouldn't have guessed. Yeah. They don't have... I didn't guess. I mean, Rubio, obviously, and Booker, but none of those guys are like double-digit a night assist guys. So I was mm-hmm. kind of surprised by that. Okay, the Phoenix mm-hmm. Suns, we've talked about them ad nauseum. They were 8-0 in mm-hmm. the bubble, Okay. Yeah. Now, if you're going to make the case for them, it's very easy. It's that Chris Paul is going to come in and do OKC version two. He's going to do a number on them, and they're going to get significantly better. Also, arguably their second best player last year, DeAndre Ayton, is going to play more than whatever he played, which was like 25 games. He missed a significant chunk of the season. Mm -hmm. You're assuming a year of that. You bring in someone like Jay Crowder who we saw in the bubble was the best three-point shooter in the league in the bubble. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Played a very key role on a team that made the finals. He's a legit NBA rotation player. Even guys Mm -hmm. like Etwan Moore and Langston Galloway, two more just NBA rotation players. And don't forget Dooley. Don't forget Dooley. Don't forget forget him. He can shoot. He can shoot. Yeah. So as much as I wanted to go under just because I feel like people have been hyping up the Suns a little too much, <laughs> when, I, when I look at them compared to a team like the Rockets, for instance, yeah, it's, uh, it's hard not to think that it is just set up. It is more likely that the Suns are going to win more games than the Rockets. Yeah, And so I think I'm going to go over on the Suns. Yeah, give me the over. Easy over. Whoa, whoa, Way over. Hold, Lock hold it on. in. Hold on. Slow your roll. Lock Easy over. How in. many games do you think they're going to win? Lock it in, baby. I think they'll win 40, 43 games. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were going off of their 82 game. I was like, well, they got to win 44, Andrew. Uh, you're saying 43 games over like in a 72-game season. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Lock it in. Wow. Okay. Lock it in. Now going back over, I've gone over on a lot of these. (sighs) Which I think you can make the case, as we we talked about with the play-in tournament, but it's likely that one of these teams is going to suffer an injury. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe that could be the team that's already suffering injuries. Our last team of the day, the Memphis Grizzlies, they won 34 games last year, equivalent to 38 wins. This year, their over-under is 30 and a half. In an 82-game season, that's only 35 wins. Oh, this team that everyone was excited about, now they're projected to win three less games? Is this easy money? Key losses, (laughs) Josh Jackson. That's it. Key additions, Xavier Tillman, Desmond Bain. Now, something to be aware of with the Grizzlies is that Jaron Jackson Jr., and Justice Winslow are not going to be starting with the team. They're still coming back from injuries, which seems significant. That Jaron yeah. Jackson, who's at least their second best player, you could argue, argue that maybe in the future he's their best player, he is, yeah. he is not going to be on the court at the beginning of the season, in a shortened season, by the way. Yeah. And the yeah. guy that they traded that they cashed in their chips for with the, the Igudala contract, Justice Winslow, that they gave up stuff for, he's not going to be starting either. I think this is a classic. We saw this with the Kings a couple of years ago. Well, it was last year. When two years ago, the Kings all of a sudden had this feel-good story. De'Aaron Fox, breakout season. Buddy Heald, breakout season. Harrison Barnes, still Harrison <laughs> Barnes. They, they almost make the playoffs. Not really, but they got... More, they got closer than they had gotten before, and then the the year they come, the next year they come back and they kind of have a sophomore slump. I think we could be in for a Memphis Grizzlies sophomore slump. As much as we all like their team, we all like their young players. We like John Morant. We like Brandon Clark. We like Jonas Valanciunas. Not young, but it was just the next player I could think of. We like Dylan Brooks, even yeah. though you look at his stats and you're like, hmm, he seems kind of inefficient. Either mm-hmm. way. As much as I like those guys, they're still very young, and with the injuries and the shortened season and the potential for a sophomore slump, I'm going under with the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, 100% agree with all the things that you said about the Grizzlies. Wow! I think, I think they're yeah they're due for a sophomore slump. They're due. I I, I like their draft. They drafted some tough guys, Xavier Tillman and Desmond Bain. I like. You like tough guys. I like that, but. Yeah, they're younger. They're going to have a set. I mean, yeah, totally agree. No need to repeat everything you said. Very so good. looking over the seven teams we just went over, the only points of disagreement to review, the New Orleans Pelicans, I went over, you went under, mm-hmm. and the Golden mm-hmm. State Warriors, I went under, you went over. Mm-hmm. Which, honestly, the Warriors thing is probably just you're being optimistic that we're going to keep that pick. And I hated that trade, and I'm excited to uh, bring it up again when we don't get their pick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also like believing that Steph Curry is one of the best players to ever play the game, too. Man, I do too. But I, uh, I'm, I'm just getting, I'm getting bad vibes, and I have to, I have yeah. to go with my gut. But I, I'm open to it. It would be awesome if the Warriors were like a solid. 50 win team again just like automatic which they should be with Steph Curry Steph Curry is as good as we all say they should be an automatic 50 win team every single year in the same way that like James Harden led teams are pretty consistently winning right around 50 games except for last year 
Mm-hmm. He should get them there. Mm-hmm. It's a big, big referendum season. It is. It's a big and one. And Steph's about to get paid like fifty million per year. Yup. So if he's not yep, that yep, player, yep. bad news. Bad news, Bears. Yeah. Definitely. All right, Andrew. Uh, final predictions for the Friday night <laughs> opener, preseason <laughs> game. Hey, why? Actually, I'm on ESPN right now. It doesn't uh-huh. even list the Thunder playing on Friday. It has them playing on Saturday. They're playing the 12th. Oh, that's Saturday. Saturday. Okay, yeah, they, they play Saturday. at San Antonio. Uh huh. Very exciting. Who, who you be- got? Who you got? Uh, I'll take the uh, I'll take the Spurs uh, in a, in a close battle though, right? Woo! I'll take the Spurs because I believe in the Spurs to be able to get to ninety five points. And you don't you don't think we will? Who will be the second leading scorer in the preseason game? Uh, Al Horford. Mm. Bays. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Bays. <laughs> Did you know that uh, Bays has been getting some? In the fantasy circles, he's been getting some buzz as like a sleeper. That is interesting. I mean, here's the thing with the Thunder. Somebody has to score. And I think the reason why uh, fantasy players like him is because he does do some of those other things. He does have the potential to get a block a game. You know? That's not... Yeah. He's a he's yeah. a decent passer. Maybe he gets two assists per game. That's yeah. He's going to be a decent rebounder. I mean, he could yeah, average a like a 14-7, two assists, a steal, and a block. Is that out of the out of the realm of possibility? It's not out of the realm. It's a little high, but it's yeah. It's we're talking ceiling, Andrew. We're we're getting excited about our guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think it's I think it's possible. Coach Coach Degnault yesterday said that they're going to be giving him some ball handling responsibilities. Oh, that'll be so. fun. Until yeah. it's not. Yeah, I think I think if you're hopeful for the future of the guys that are on this team, I think that you hope that it's Bays. That's the second leading score. Yes, but I think it's very possible that it's either George Hill or Al Horford, though. Well, Al Horford's ready to get to work. I'm I genuinely am excited to see Al Horford flourish on a terrible team because he's so much better than what he showed last year. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, plug for the NBA Daily Ding. If you don't listen to that, go download it. I did a podcast with Rich Hoffman of the Sixers, and we talked about this very topic. That I like. I truly believe that this is going to be another one of those, oh, my gosh, look what the Thunder have done with Al Horford. And then they flip him next offseason for somebody like a young player or for um, a first-round pick. And you're like, how did the Thunder do this? You know, it's just like, well... They just got him out of the worst situation he could have possibly been in and then just let him shoot shots. Okay, Andrew, real quick trade idea. Just thought of okay. it. Houston Rockets, they start the season. Mm-hmm. They're, James, is he's buying in. He's playing. Okay, so now they're looking to, is there any other thing we could do to upgrade our team? Uh-huh. They trade us, Eric Gordon, mm-hmm. and his terrible contract. Mm-hmm. We give them back Al Horford. And they mm-hmm. only have to remove the protections for one of the picks or pick swaps. Which, yeah, twenty-one pick swaps. Would swap. you do it? Yeah, one hundred. Which which would you prioritize of all the picks and pick swaps? 
Oh, uh, I would probably prioritize something further down the like road. Like 24 or something? Probably. Yeah. I mean, I... Yeah, I would probably say, yeah, 20, 2024. First round pick. Just from just take away the protections. Love it. And we'll, we'll What be a cool. deal. Yeah. Horford, Wood, front court. It's going to be killer. I do hate that Eric Gordon contract. It's, it's really bad. It hasn't even started. <laughs> yeah, we've yeah, we haven't even it hasn't even begun. I don't know. I th- actually you you I may need to be further incentivized. <laughs> Cuz like no so joke. Al- Horford has three more years including this year and the last year yeah. is only 14 million or whatever guaranteed. Yeah, remove the protections on the 21 and the 24. Okay. All right. You I'll call to. it in. I'll, I'll uh, DM Red94, and then he'll message uh, Patrick Fertitta. <laughs> <laughs> and Ben DeBose will be in there in, in some form or fashion, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think they're going to be able to get something tangible for Al Horford eventually, which which will be another another great thing for the Thunder. Andrew, last question before we go. Will we have an emergency pod for a James Harden trade before the season? I'm going to say yes. Will that be your Christmas gift? That would be a great Christmas gift, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would be pretty exciting. I want him to go to the Sixers. The Sixers is also a good scenario for, for the Thunder, too, in some ways, because that Sixers pick that they have in 2025 – if they trade for James Harden, in 2025, James Harden might not be in the NBA. Yeah, it's possible. And the Sixers might be super terrible. And the Thunder should be good by then. And then if you get a good Sixers pick in 2025, Ooh, maybe. you just get to add a lottery pick to your good team. Yeah. I mean, it's also a very good scenario for the Thunder. It's funny. The Thunder have set themselves up. They've spread, <laughs> Their assets are so spread out throughout the league that you can like come up with good scenarios for the Thunder in a Sixers-Rockets <laughs> deal. Let's go! Let's do it. I think I think that's it's funny. But yeah, preseason, Saturday, not Friday, as previously reported on this pod. But uh, it should be... It's it'll be exciting, honestly, to see these guys on the court. It'll be exciting to see what Shea looks like as the primary ball handler because the Thunder have have put themselves in such a situation that there is really only one primary ball handler on the team. Period. I mean, that's it's Shea, and that's it. And they're giving a ton of responsibility for him. And to his credit, so far, at least through talking to the media, he's talked to us twice. He seems very ready for the opportunity we'll we'll see how he steps up but he seems he seems to be ready so i'm ex- i'm excited to see what he can do this year thanks for listening to our podcast you can follow alex on twitter at al Babycakes. you can follow me on twitter at andrew k schlecht hope you guys have a great wednesday we'll talk to you guys again on friday morning